0: Deserve better. We come across people in our lives, usually people that we are pursuing romantically, that will tell us that we deserve better. And that can mean one of two things when they tell us that. We can take it as we could take it as is and take it at face value and recognize that they are saying that we deserve better because we are possibly valued higher than they can um, raise themselves to. They are not on our level and they have recognized that they are not on our level. And what we've done by continuing to Give them the investment that we are giving them and not receiving an equal investment. We have lowered our bar a little bit to meet them at their level instead of continuing to be like, okay, this is my level, I'm going to maintain it, and you're obviously not there. But the phrase, you deserve better, can also have a little bit more depth to it. You can take it at face value to to say that yes, you do deserve better. And you probably should. When someone's telling you that you deserve better, you should you should believe them. Because that's already throwing up a bit of a red flag. They're already saying, You're so high value, and I'm not at your level, and I cannot give you the investment that you are seeking from me. I um I had an experience where a person told me that they would be bad for me, which was pretty much in and of itself a way of them telling me that I deserve better than them, that I deserve better than their energy and their investment and their level. They were like, I would be bad for you. And that's another way of saying that you deserve better. And you should probably listen to that the first time that they say it. But when we break down what it actually means when a person is saying that we deserve better what they're really saying without saying too much is I understand that you are looking for a level of investment from me that I am either not willing to give or that I simply cannot give because I am not at your level And instead of lowering our bar and saying, oh, but you're perfect. Oh, but no, you're giving me everything that I desire. Are they really, though? Are they really, though? (laughs) Whenever we lower the bar and we tell that person who's told us, you deserve better that know they're perfect know everything's fine what it it instills and what it continues to produce is a people pleasing dynamic and it usually comes from that people pleasing dynamic that we will tell that person who's told us that we deserve better those things like no but you're perfect no but you're giving me everything that I want no but I'm happy are you really though? Are you really, though? Can you dig down deep and find that maybe there are some things that you're not receiving from that person? Maybe there are some efforts that you're not really receiving from that person. And maybe, especially if you're hearing it from multiple people that you try dating, um, every single time you go out into the dating world, you, you wind up meeting someone and you fall in love and you're head over heels and you're in that honeymoon phase and then very shortly thereafter they tell you you deserve better and that keeps happening to you and it keeps repeating this cycle I'm going to give you a harsh truth when that continues to happen to you It's because your mindset and your beliefs towards yourself and your investment in yourself, your emotional availability in yourself is the common denominator. What's happening is that the investment that you are putting into this person, that time, that energy, that space, that that love, all of that, you're giving your heart to this person, you're giving all of yourself to this person very quickly and very early on and what's happening is you're doing it because you've come from this place of almost like a people pleaser mindset and you're so used to being selfless and you're so used to being emotionally available for other people And what's happening here is that you're trying to open up your heart to be emotionally available to somebody else, but there's a part of you that's emotionally closed off. You're guarded because you've been hurt in the past. You're guarded towards yourself because you haven't really learned how to be selfish in a way that isn't ego-inflating and narcissistic. You've, You've seen selfishness and you attribute selfishness and you make selfishness synonymous with narcissism and it's because of what you've learned in your life it's because of the examples that were given to you by your parents by previous relationships by um you know uh relationship dynamics that you've seen in media (laughs) and and all of these different things all of these external factors that have helped you to create this narrative that says that if I'm even the least bit selfish that I am disappointing other people and that if I am taking care of myself then someone else is struggling and suffering because I am putting myself as a priority. But the thing to remember is is that in order to really have emotionally available friendships, emotionally available relationships. You have to be your own emotional center. You have to be able to self-regulate. You have to be self-sufficient. You have to be able to say that you are emotionally available to yourself and that you do not depend on others to always be emotionally available to you. And you will see that your magnetism elevates and your vibration raises when you treat yourself as a high-value person and you don't lower that bar to meet somebody at their level then you wind up attracting more high-value people into your life you wind up attracting more high-value relationships into your life from friendships, to business partnerships, to job prospects, to romantic partnerships, everything across the board, every relationship that you have, because every, every interaction creates some sort of relationship, and I strongly believe that, um, and every interaction that you have creates a relationship, even if it's just a, you know, one-time interaction, you've you've had a, a small relationship with that person because you were relating to that person on a level. And even if you never see that person again, you had that small interaction, you created a window, and it was, it was gone, it was fleeting. It was just there to, to be there for a short amount of time, to help you learn something, or to, or to give you a little bit of fun in your life, and, and to, to help you see that your life can be beautiful, even if it, even if certain things are fleeting. And it may have taught you to have gratitude for the people that are in your life or anything like that. So whatever the case is, any interaction that you have creates a relationship. And we have multiple relationships in our lives. We have our familial relationships. We have our um Collegiate relationships with uh, people that we met in college and and people who either stayed long term friends or people who were short term friends. We have our high school relationships and boyfriends and girlfriends and friends that, you know, after high school, we we may have stayed in touch because we grew up together or we may have lost touch with these people because we've changed as people we have our romantic relationships, we have sexual relationships that are, you know, just friends with benefits where we don't really like, and, 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 and I'm going to break this down too. Um, but we have those friends with benefits that yes, we're friends and we go on about our lives and we, and we kind of interact every now and again, but we don't really share too much emotionally with that, with that person. And you know, we hook up and then we're done, and then we hook up and then we're done, and then we may and then we may be friends, but we don't always share too much emotionally. And then we have our situationships, which is the which is where we get this "you deserve better" from, which is ninety percent of the relationships in which we are told you deserve better um, happens within those situationships. And what is a situationship? A situationship is is pretty much a combination of friends with benefits and romance and you are pretty much acting like you're dating that person you're being emotionally vulnerable with each other you're letting each other into your lives you're breaking down each other's guards um, you're breaking down some boundaries and then you're setting some others whenever it gets a little too comfortable (laughs) And and then you you kind of start ghosting each other, and then you might come back into a friendship, and and it's just it's something that's a little bit more complex than just friends with benefits, and it's something that winds up inevitably getting messy. I've been in several, <laughs> I will say right now, I've been in several, <laughs> and um, they were beautiful. Times to learn they were beautiful ways of learning certain lessons learning certain things about myself learning certain behaviors that I had certain belief systems that I had that were keeping me in these cycles and they were all beautiful people I will say that I'm not going to say that to like inflate their egos or anything or to say that like oh um they were beautiful relationships, beautiful situationships. They they were just beautiful people even though there were a lot of complexities and I've forgiven myself and them for what happened between us and even though these situationships that I've had in the past um, many of these people I am no longer friends with <laughs> um, I, I still wish them well in their lives and I still hope that they're doing well and that they're happy and that they're thriving. Because even though we weren't right for each other as friends or romantically, I still wish them well. I still hope that they are having a good life. I still hope that you know everything's working out for them. Because I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> um I will fight for the people that I love. That's different, but <laughs> um but when we get into any kind of connection, it creates a relationship. And the deeper we are within that relationship, the the longer we've known that person, the more emotional we've been with that person, it creates a different type of bond. It creates a different type of connection. And that's where we get, you know, our familial relationships that they, they start off as friends, but then they turn into family because we feel like we can be vulnerable around them. They've created a safe space for us. They, they feel like someone that we've pretty much known for most of our lives, but then we've taken the time to establish that foundation and create that, that friendship. And, um, they wind up lasting for years, and we wind up treating them as if they're family, and we let them into our lives continuously on a on a continuous basis, and we continue developing this beautiful connection with these people, and then they wind up essentially becoming our chosen family, um, and I have several people in my life who are like that. I, I have one friend that I've pretty much known her, I calculated it recently, I've known her for a good 16 years, um... Since we were in elementary school, uh, after Hurricane Katrina went in 2005, I was living in New Orleans when Hurricane Katrina hit, and after that, I moved to California and lived there for four years, and I made so many amazing friends. I learned so many amazing things. My accent changed, and when I came back to living in Louisiana, people called me California for the first couple of weeks, <laughs> because I had this California accent. I almost sounded like a valley girl, too. It was, it was so strange, like... I had this accent that was like a cross between valley girl and like a little bit of country and then <laughs> a little bit of, a little bit of something else. But like, you know, cause it wasn't like, we didn't even live anywhere near the valley when, when we lived in, uh, California, we actually lived in like the, the OC area, like kind of in between both, um, like Anaheim was like 30 minutes one way, <laughs> um, you know, you're basically in La Habra, and then the next minute, you know, you're in, like, Fullerton, that was how close everything was, and I loved it, it was, it it, it reminded me of, like, being in New Orleans, because you would be in Metairie, and then, like, a hop, skip, and a jump later, you would be in Arabie, (laughs) like, that's how it felt living in New Orleans, (laughs) and, um, you know, and, and it reminded me of that, Um, it reminded me of that with the closeness, but, like, California had so much richness and, and I will always see California as having so much richness and not even just because like California is the place that people go to, to, to have that like Hollywood lifestyle and like Hollywood being there and everything and Burbank being beautiful, but like California has this quality to it that you know, we, we see it in media with like Hollywood films and everything, but like it has this quality to it that until you live there, you can't really describe it until you've really been there for more than just a visit. You can't really describe it. And, um, I recently had a friend go to LA like last year to, to do something for work and he hated LA, but he loved San Diego. (laughs) And, um, yep. I pretty much knew he would, but, um, I lived in California though, and I and I had this friend uh, going back on this other train of thought that I was going on anyway. Uh, I have a neurodivergent brain. I, I fire several different trains at the same time, but uh, I calculated it and. I've been friends with this person for a good 16, 17 years, and I still consider them to be almost like family at this point, because we've known each other for so long, and even though there were points in our lives where we weren't really talking too much because either we couldn't really find each other on social media, or it took us a while to find each other on social media, or we didn't have each other's numbers because we had lost touch with me moving, (laughs) you know, so it, it just... It was it was like, you know, we had some back and forth, but overall, we've known each other for a good bit of our lives. And it hit me one day and I was like, "Oh my god. I've known this person for like almost two decades. What the hell?" Like, <laughs> so by the time we're in our 30s, we we will have known each other for two decades, and that will be beautiful. And I feel like that's like the longest friendship that I've had. I've I've had friends from childhood that I haven't even been that close with. And it's crazy. Um, but you know, it's, it's so beautiful that like almost every, almost every connection that we have creates this sort of relationship and this bond. And you know, then we can get into different relationships like okay, well, we've got our friendships and then we've got our family and then we've got our romantic relationships and then we've got our sexual relationships and then we've got these relationships that come from trauma and I'm not going to go into like too much detail on this because I've, I've done this in another, in, like several other episodes, but what I mean with relationships that come from trauma is that if you're going through trauma and you wind up finding a friend who really is there to help you and you've gone through some similar stuff, you will create what's called a trauma bond and you will sometimes create a trauma bond that winds up turning into like this romantic relationship and I've seen it happen with friends and I've even been in a relationship that was like this and um, and then if you experience trauma within that relationship too, it, it enforces a trauma bond and you feel like you can't leave, right? Um, not going to go too in-depth into that because then we'll go off on this different tangent that might be a little too triggering, but um, when what happens with a trauma bond is that we feel, one, like this person, if we have bonded to them because we have both experienced similar traumas... Um, and then we have bonded to them and created this friendship to start helping each other heal. Sometimes what happens is that we'll project those traumas onto each other, and and it'll create this unhealthy dynamic, and and then we will wind up recognizing that okay, we might be toxic for each other. We need to we need to leave, um, but then in in romantic relationships when we create a trauma bond though it usually happens over the course of time and sometimes we will ignore these red flags that come up in the beginning and it will continue to reinforce this bond continue to reinforce this trauma bond because then we will start experiencing abuse we will start experiencing um certain types of traumas within these relationships we will experience this side of this person that we never thought that we would see and it will reinforce trauma that has played out since our childhood and and that winds up being a situation in which once we finally leave that relationship or at some point in that relationship we may have heard you deserve better we may we may even hear it after the relationship from our friends that once we once we tell them about this relationship that we've been in we'll hear our friends say you deserved so much better you deserve better now etc cetera, etc cetera, you know and and then we'll hear it and we'll continue to hear it and then maybe that person that we wound up in this relationship with for a long haul and then recognize that this relationship really wasn't healthy at the end of it Um, we may have heard in the beginning them telling us something like we deserve better and then we laid down everything and we let our guard down so low and we raised our we we took our bar and put it pretty much on the ground and we said no you are the person that I want to be with and I want to work through this with you and and sometimes we can wind up Sometimes it does wind up working where we feel like, okay, maybe they're only saying that because they feel insecure, and sometimes we can work through these insecurities together within a relationship, but oftentimes when someone tells us that early on that we deserve better, it's our cue to to recognize within ourselves, are we lowering our standards for that person because we're so used to people-pleasing, or are we really in alignment with this person and can we actually heal this insecurity and can we work through this insecurity together to be emotionally available for them to be emotionally available for ourselves and to create that safe space to have this relationship but nine times out of ten when we hear the words You deserve better. That's our cue to run, (laughs) and I'm not saying that to be a dick. I'm not saying that to be um, a bitch or an asshole. I'm saying that because it's pretty much the first red flag that will come up is something like "you deserve better." That is a key component because if they're communicating with us that we deserve better, that is our signal. To recognize what we're doing and how we're feeling about ourselves and what we're communicating to that other person that makes them communicate that to us. What kind of value have we placed on ourselves and have we already placed too much value on this other person and essentially almost put them on a pedestal to be able to be in this relationship that we think that we want with this person? Instead of recognizing, okay, they've told us this now. Do we stay or do we go? A lot of times we'll choose to stay because of that people pleaser mentality. And then we'll recognize, sometimes far too late, that maybe that wasn't the right decision. We'll go through aeons of hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt. Trying to please this other person. And making this other person a priority. And then what winds up happening is that we deprioritize ourselves. And throw ourselves out the window basically. And put ourselves on the back burner for this person. And we forgive and forgive and forgive. And we allow this person to treat us in this way that is out of alignment and not within our best interests and that usually happens when we are not being emotionally available to ourselves and recognizing our own value. And when you devalue yourself and you take yourself off of this not to say that you're putting yourself on a pedestal, but when you take yourself out of this out of the main character role within your own story and you start acting like the side character, the sidekick, the best friend, the whatever in somebody else's life, instead of staying in your main character energy. And the reason I say it that way is because I don't want to, I don't want to say that we should be putting ourselves on a pedestal, but sometimes, sometimes it's okay. (laughs) Like if you, if you, however you want to word it, go ahead. But when we are Actually, embodying our own selves, and we are in our own frame, and we are recognizing that we are whole and complete without other people. We are able to share that wholeness and completeness with somebody else and recognize where our value is, and only get into relationships that help us to increase that value. Friendships, romantic partnerships, etc. We should strive to be in relationships that increase that value instead of relationships that diminish that value and oftentimes what happens is that we will especially if we have experienced some sort of relationships in our lives um, from from our childhood especially we will gravitate towards the relationships that feel the most comfortable even if we know that they are the most toxic Because we're so used to a a certain cycle. We're so used to certain types of treatment. We have learned this type of love that maybe actually isn't actually love, but we think it is because that's what we've learned over the course of time. And we will continue to put ourselves in these positions to keep attracting these types of relationships because that's what we know and because that's what's familiar to us and we will always look for familiarity before we look for okay well how do I actually want to feel and is this the way that I really want to feel within my relationships and we will say that yes we, we feel like we can change this person. We feel like we can fix this person. Especially us who, Especially us few who have gone through these types of relationships in our lives. Or we had emotionally unavailable parents. Or we not only had emotionally unavailable parents, but then when we did get into our first few relationships, they were pretty much consistent with that kind of emotional unavailability that we experienced as children so they were comfortable and they were familiar and then we will continue to people please in our relationships even with our friends and then when we do wind up finding friends who are trying to give us the emotional support that we have been wanting this whole time give us that emotional availability recognize our worth continue to add to our value we don't know how to handle it we don't know what to do with those kinds of friendships and relationships because we're not used to it and we will tell ourselves that we don't deserve it and that they deserve better and we'll continue creating this like cycle and it winds up inevitably i don't want to i don't want to say killing our chances but it winds up inevitably continuing to create the cycle that Winds up getting old, winds up getting stale really fast, and that doesn't make us feel good. So, what can you do the next time you hear you deserve better? What should you do the next time you hear you deserve better? And I don't wanna I don't wanna try and like say this to to be like, oh this is what you should do, blah 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 blah. But when you hear the words, you deserve better. Take it as a sign. Take it as a sign to go ahead and leave. And to recognize your value again. If a person is telling you that you deserve better, take it as your cue to maybe go ahead, leave, absolutely leave, And then go and sit with yourself and really think about how it is that you want to feel within a romantic relationship. And how can you give yourself that emotional availability, that love, that high value relationship. And work on your value. Not just so much your value that you would want to give to somebody else. your value. What do you want to create? What do you want to see in this world? And how can you go about creating that starting with yourself? And what is it? I've I've noticed this within myself and with it and within people who have come to me for readings, people who I'm friends with, that we just you know, we we talk back and forth and we and we share advice and we share stories with each other. How are you valuing? What are your habits what are your not so much your quirks your traits your personality no what are your daily habits what are your weekly habits what habits do you have that are continuing to create this cycle that you don't want that is pretty much keeping you from having what it is that you do For example, if you are wanting to attract love into your life, but you are keeping yourself within this narrative that you don't deserve love, that you don't deserve high-value people, that you're not a high-value person, that you're not worthy, and you keep having these habits that um, go against that, that go against actually attracting real legitimate love into your life, like every time somebody, every time somebody, like, ghosts you or something, because you're, you're spending a lot, a lot of time trying to find love quickly by, um, you know, casual, casually dating multiple people, or anything like that, and this is not to, like, dog on anybody, but this is, this is just simply to say that sometimes these patterns are where we, we trip ourselves up when it comes to, um, wanting to attract what it is that we want because we're focused on that lack and we're focused on not having it and we go seeking it, basically. We're, we're running after it, right? We're chasing after it. Um, and we're trying to find it in person after person after, person after person after person after person after person after person after person, right? So, what are these habits that we have? If we're trying to attract real love into our lives and we're trying to attract a beautiful relationship, we want to be in a relationship that really makes us feel good, that really makes us feel like we are valued by another person. What are we doing to ourselves? And how are we communicating to ourselves by continuing to go go on date after date after date after date after date date with multiple different people trying to find that person? Or just being like, okay, well, I'm not ready for a relationship right now, but I want to hook up to get this out of my system. What are we... We need to recognize what these habits are doing to us that are continuing to keep us in this cycle of getting ghosted, getting told that we deserve better, getting told that, getting told by that other person that they're not ready for a commitment. You know, what are, what is our energy communicating outwards by having these habits, by, by doing these things? that keeps us in this cycle of being told that we deserve better, being told that, you know, that other person is not ready for commitment, of attracting commitment phobes, of attracting unavailable people. Sometimes the common denominator is ourselves and our mindsets and our behavior. Takeaway for this episode is not to dog on yourself. I know I've said some things that maybe some people will be like, oh, I'm going to start dogging on myself. Please don't. <laughs> um, I don't want you to dog on yourselves. What I want you to do is just sit with yourself and ask yourself these questions. What value do I have for myself? Is my value in alignment with achieving my goals? And if not, how can I create a new dynamic for myself? What can I start doing that does make me happy every single day to do it? What daily habits can I start adding to my life that will continue to add value to my life and help me to value myself more and therefore help me to have more gratitude help me to have more peace help me to attract more love help me to vibrate at a higher frequency whatever it is that you want to create sit with yourself and come up with creative ways to make that happen and trust me I know it takes time it does take time it's not, it's not always like this overnight success. I'm not going to bullshit you and say that it's going to be an overnight success, even if you can feel the effects very rapidly. But be consistent with it. Be consistent with it. Be consistent with creating that change for yourself. And understand that just because somebody is saying that you deserve better does not mean that you are not worthy of them it means that you are worthy of someone more high value because you are a high value person. Remember that. You are a high value person and no one can take that away from you. Remember that your standards aren't too high remember that it is okay to have the standards, boundaries, and expectations that you have. But don't place all of these expectations externally. Learn how to meet them internally as well. I love you, and I hope you have a wonderful day.